We're going to go into 2 Kings in chapter 2, verses 19 through 20. But before we do that, I want to give you a little background, okay? I'm going to talk about healing salt. Healing salt this morning. And um, let me give you a little background here in 2 Kings chapter 2 first before we do that. Uh, Elijah is about to be taken up in a chariot of fire, okay? You've heard about him, you've read about him, you've tested about him, but this is what's happening to him. In this particular chapter of 2 Kings, he's about to be taken up in the chariot of fire. Now, Elijah uh, was the prophet over Israel, and Elijah was the soon-to-be prophet of Israel. And so uh, Elijah was kind of training him and mentoring him, but Elijah was the guy on deck. He was the guy that was going to be the next prophet over Israel. Now pay attention now because this has a lot to do with you. So Elijah and Elisha, they were traveling all over the place in this particular chapter. They're going from Gilgal to Bethel. They're going from Bethel to Jericho going through Jericho to the Jordan where they stopped. Just kind of chill there at the Jordan River. And a conversation began to ensue between the two of them. Elijah says to Elisha in verse 9, look at verse 9. There we have it. He says, uh, what do you want me to do for you before I'm taken away? I mean, that's a loaded question. You're talking to a, a prophet, a man of God, a great man of God with a lot of power. And Elijah, Elisha says to him, Elijah says to Elisha, what do you want me to do before I go away? You have to understand all these towns, all these various people are coming out to Elijah and they're going, you know, your, your man's going to be taken up here pretty soon and you're going to be without him. He goes, I know, I know, I don't want to hear about it anymore. Goes to the next town. Hey, your man's going to Elijah's going to be taken up. He's going to be going here pretty soon. I know, I know, I don't want to hear about it. Don't talk to me about it. So he knows he's going up. So he gets this, this really cool gift here. What do you want me to do before you see me being taken up in that fiery chariot? You know, I would have said, what would you would have said? I want your prestige. Give me your prestige. Every bit of prestige you have because you're a very popular guy. How about you? if you got any money, I'd like to have that too. <laughs> if you got any property, I'd like to have that too. I mean, I mean that you're asking me. How about giving me all of the respect that you have gained throughout all of the years? So if I'm going to be the next guy up on deck, then I'd like to have the respect that you have because you're a mighty prophet of God very revealed. I want, your, I want your influence. Give me every bit of influence. I Give me something so that when you go up, they'll know that I'm the man. I'm the guy here. I'm taking Elijah's place, but give me what you have and what you have connected with with God so that, um, yeah, so that I can start off on a good foot. Elijah, Elijah said something different though. He said, let me have a double portion of your spirit. I want a double portion of your spirit. Now, you have to know what that means. When you, if you look at that in, in, the, in the scriptures, that really, here's what he's actually saying. Elijah's saying, what I really want from you is I want to be able to have your prophetic spirit. And, and Elijah was a great prophet. 
magnificent prophet, powerful prophet. Man, when he spoke to you, you let those baby blues, baby browns, whatever they are, be big time big, and you listen to what he had to say. Have you ever been around a prophet? I'm thinking of Mickey Mingo and some others. Some of them don't know Mickey Mingo. There was a couple prophets that scared me to death. Oh, you remember him, Silver? You remember Mickey Mingo and some others? I scared when prophets come through. When every time I go into a service and I knew there was going to be a prophet, I'm like, oh, Jesus, forgive me of this and forgive me of that and forgive me of this and forgive me of that. Oh, God, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. I'm just asking forgiveness of everything I can possibly get forgiveness of because I don't want the prophet to go, hey, get yourself right, man. And then call me out publicly. <laughs> it never happened, but it was kind of scary. I want your prophetic, I want a double portion of your prophetic spirits. Also, it means I want a double portion of the energy that you exude, the, the energy that you, you expel when God is on you and people listen and people zero in on what it is that you say. All of the energy of the Spirit of God I want to see in me. I want a double portion of that. And then it also says, if you look at it, I want a double spirit of the Shekinah glory of God. Now, the Shekinah glory of God is like the five-star glory. That's like the top-notch stuff. You know, that's like, you know, getting prime steak. That's the, that's the best stuff. Give me the Shekinah. Don't give me that. I just don't want a, a bypass thing that's going to float me by. Give me the Shekinah glory. Let it fall on me. Let it fall in me. Let it move through me. That's what he's saying here when he's saying, give me a double portion. That's what it means. So Elijah, this is kind of interesting. I, I've never noticed this until some time ago. Elijah comes back with a very interesting answer. Very interesting. He says to him in verse 10, you've asked me a very difficult thing, yet if you see me, catch it, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it'll be yours. You'll have that double portion. Otherwise, you don't get jack squat. If you see me, if you're witnessing me, if you're watching what's going on, if you're observant, you're going to get what you want. But if you're not, you don't get nothing. I, I miss sometimes that see me thing. You got to see me. What he's saying is, you got to be watchful because something's going to happen, and being taken up in a fiery chariot just doesn't happen every day. But it's going to happen. You're going to see it. I'm being, any man didn't even die. He was just taken up to God. I think that's kind of scratch your head about that, you know? It's like, I, I haven't quite even figured it out theologically, to be very honest with you. It's appointed unto man once to die, the scripture says. He, he just kind of went up. <laughs> it's going to be it. God does what he does, right? But he says, if you see me, if you are very watchful, if you are very vigilant in your observation, if you are very observant, if you are very perceptive, 
in what's going on around you, then you're going to get what you want. All of those things, that double portion of what you just said, you'll get it. But something has to happen to you before that. In other words, how much are you willing to block out of your vision, out of your life, what kind of distractions are you willing to move away from in order to get the double portion that you've requested? How distracted are you? Now, if you have a little ADD, I know there's a little distraction going on. There goes a duck. Woo, there goes brother guy. Woo, there goes, you know, something. There's a bird. There's a, you just. And if you're studying and you have ADHD, I got my earbuds going on. Oh, I got to get back onto this thing. Oh, yeah. Wow, man, you're out there playing in the field. Wow. And you, you kind of distracted a little bit. And that's, that's okay because it's not your fault. <laughs> you got a little ADD. But in order to want what God wants you to have when you leave this place, so you've got it when you were here. You graduates are going out, and you're going to begin a life, and your life is going to be ordained of God. Every single hour of your life is going to be ordained of God, and you've got to be watchful. You've got to be vigilant. You've got to be observant. You've got to be very perceptive in the spirit to hear what God says because God has a commission for you. You got something to do for him. You didn't come here to wiggle your thumbs. You came here because there's an anointing on your life to do what? Change the world. To change the world for Christ. When you walk off that stage, it all begins. This is kind of a cocoon in here. It's neat. It's wonderful. We love one another. Good stuff happens. Bad stuff happens. Challenging stuff happens. But at the end of the day, when you walk off that stage, you're going to need a double portion of what God has. How many want a double portion of God? I know, for real now, for real. How many want a double portion of God? Really? So he says, if you see me when it happens, You'll get it. But if not, you don't get jack. So to be observant. Are you, be, are, you, are you going to be distracted with other things when it comes double portion time? <laughs> it isn't just the big men and women of God that have the big ministries or the big churches or the loudest preaching or the most charisma, they're not just the people that have the double portion. In some cases, actually, they don't have double portions. They have a double portion of themselves in some cases. I don't want a double portion of myself. I don't work. But he works in us. And he does great and wondrous things. You see, to have a double portion is to have the living word of God ready to be unleashed, to be delivered to a dead and a godless societal environment. I'm going to read that again for you. I want you to pay very close attention. To have a double portion is to have the living word of God ready, able, right there, right at your disposal, to be delivered to a dead and godless societal environment environment. Young men and women, listen to me. Sometimes we get in trouble 
You need to become more political and make more political statements because, you know, you need to be able to get behind the pulpit and, and call this person's name and that person's name and, and, uh, and uh, get, get on this position and that position. <clears throat> well, I don't know, maybe if I had a conversation with that person, we might agree on a lot of stuff over a cup of coffee. But the responsibility of this Bible college is to give you the person of Jesus Christ, the authority of the Father, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Because if you have those three factors, people will change. And when people change, communities, states, nations change for Christ. Change the heart, change the nation. That's the way we do it here. Young men and women, we are living in, I believe, very much so, an age of rage. An age of rage. Everywhere you look, people are all upset. The world appears to be on fire with anger, and no one seems to be listening to anybody. Everybody's just saying whatever they want to say. It's self-centered misguided, ungodly actions going on, and that's exactly what I'm going to say. I could care less about getting political, but Jesus never got political. He just preached the word of God, and people were delivered and set free. And everybody that was set free, they never walked the same again the rest of their lives. They thought different. They acted different. They maneuvered different. They interacted differently. They were no longer in that frame of mind. They were in a heavenly kingdom mind, and that's contagious. We live every day in an age of rage. Listen to this. Racial factions on every side. Turn the television on. Those of you, well, you don't turn television. You got your, you got your phones. Just turn it on. There's race, radical and racial factions everywhere. There's political dissension the likes of which I was a hippie. We got some former hippies here. We saw bad, 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 bad times. But I've never seen times like this. Both political parties already been talking to one another. They could care less. They hate one another. And it shows you. You can, you can see it. You can feel it. You can smell it. Violent protests by anarchic groups are all over the place, not just here in this country. They're all over the world, it seems. There is a disregard and an absolute disrespect for God. Violent protests. Right now, there are people because there's a, supposedly a Supreme Court decision of which we really don't know what, what that's going to do with abortion. We have no idea. Uh, that, that changes. There are now painting Roman Catholic churches and painting the doors and painting the buildings and putting paint on going inside of the churches and protesting. Uh, dressed up like nuns in red. It was a television program. Causing havoc. Have no regard what for, for God whatsoever. They could care less. It's an age of rage. And it's everywhere. There's an entitled mentality. It's all about me. I don't care. It doesn't make any difference whether you agree or you don't agree. It's about me and what I want. Cancel culture canceling something or someone who offends them. Well, I want that done. Well, what's, what do you mean? You don't want it anymore? I, don't, I disagree with you. I don't care. Get rid of it. It doesn't make any difference. It's insanity wherever we go throughout the world. It's come to this. Violent crime is in our cities, lawlessness, murder. 
defunding of law enforcement, which is absolutely insane, and making law enforcement better is really good, but this is crazy stuff. I want, I want to share something with you, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. It says this, but mark this. He said, listen, listen, make, make it a point to get this in your head. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful in pride, abusive, disobedient to their parents, not just disobedient like I just took a cookie and mommy told me not to. I mean, big time disobedient, like beating their parents up and they don't care about anything. Ungrateful, unholy, without love, age of rage. Unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control. They do anything they want. I want it, I'm gonna do it. Whether it's eating, whether it's sex, whether it's gambling, whether it's my opinion, whether it's, it doesn't matter, I wanna do it. I just wanna feel good. It makes no difference. Brutal, not lovers of the good. Treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. That's the Bible. That's what you're going to be going after when you leave here. That, whether you go into the ministry, whether you go into business, whether you get married, whether you join the PTA, no matter what you do, it's waiting for you right there. It is the age we live in, the age of rage. And the only antidote for an age of rage is the gospel of Jesus Christ, is the person of Jesus, delivered by a generation that asks for a double portion of his spirit. You're the answer for this. Not because you're you. I mean, God loves you intently, but because you're called to change the world. That's the reason God sent you to Elam. That's the purpose God sent you to Elam. You have a salt and they have a salt. And a salt is an additive and a salt is a preservative to be able to, to, to uh, heal a saltless land. I mean, some of you younger people can eat salt. <laughs> when you get a little older, you can't eat as much salt anymore. You get high, called high blood pressure. Arteries shrink up a little bit and all that stuff. How many like a lot of salt on their food? Oh, come on. You're not going to hell or nothing. Come on. It's all right. It's all right. It's okay. You know, it's all, you're going to heaven. All that stuff is really intact. You know, that's, that's good stuff. How many when you got a salty, when you get something salty, you put more salt on it anyway? Come on, come on, come on, raise them, Red. Okay, now you're in trouble. No, I'm going to get it. <laughs> Verse 19. Look at it. The people of the city, this is what they're saying to Elijah. The people of the city. Now, he had already gone up, all right, Elijah. And he says, look, O Lord. This town is well-situated. In other words, this place we're right here around the Jordan and everything, it's just really well-situated. This is a nice place. There's something, this is a good, good place. We can see the land in itself is good, as you can see, but the water is bad and the land is unproductive. Nice land, looks good. We can do something with it, but the water's bad. And the land is unproductive. In other words, 
The land is in good shape, but the land is rotten to the core. And something's got to happen because this is a good place, but we have issues. I want you to liken that to what you're seeing right now in this country and the other, in particular, Western countries in the world. Good land, good place, God-given, but there's some bad water flowing. There's a lot of stuff that's unproductive. Hear me now. Listen. It's the last sermon you're going to get this year. The land needs an additive. It needs something to improve the general quality of its environments. And this is what Elijah was saying. This is what the people were saying. Something's we need an additive. We need something to improve where we're at because if we don't improve it, we can't live in it. It's falling apart. It's rotten. And so the water's bad. It's unproductive. It's, it's decaying from within to enter in again the state of our nation. So Elijah says to the people, he says this in verse 20. Listen. He says, bring me a bowl. He, prophets do crazy things. I saw a prophet one time. Somebody fell out in the spirit, and they, were, uh, they had a, their, their arm was all messed up. And this prophet, uh, it was in a service. He laid right on this guy, right face to face, laid on him, and prayed a prayer. And the guy's arm was healed. I don't know. I would never do it. But he just, and crazy. Prophets, they, they're, they're like different. You know, they just, they just, they're a little different in the way that they act. Prophets, mostly men, more so than women. Well, I've seen some crazy, I've seen some crazy stuff here. When I was a, before I was a student, I saw a lady that I wanted, it was a lady, and I won't say who her name is. And she was a prophet, and she was saying things up here, right here, and Debbie and I were right back there. We didn't even have a kid. And she's a, she's a big woman, big woman, and she was, singing a song called Flutter, Flutter, Flutter. She wants us all to flutter, flutter, flutter. Uh-oh, uh-oh, I might get in trouble with uh, Sister Sill. She just, she just zeroed in on the person I'm talking about. And, uh, and Pat Boone was going to sing the song. He's going, she's going to give this song to Pat Boone. He was going to record it. I didn't quite see Pat Boone going flutter, flutter, flutter. I wasn't into that, but she was flutter. She wanted us all to flutter. And she's a pretty big woman. And I would, to be honest with you, I, okay, I was scared of her. I'm sitting over there, and Tom Nelson was over there with his little kids, Mark, and, 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 and I'm, I said, uh, Tom, let me have Mark. I'm going to take him out. He said, oh, no, you don't. He's my kid. I'm taking him out myself. <laughs> flutter, flutter, flutter. We were fluttering all over the place. I thought, woo, God. And I, I, I was from a Roman Catholic background. She was from a high Methodist background. This is like brand new to me. I'm going, what is this? I ain't never seen it in my life. Yo, I knew it. I know she was a guest. Oh, she was a guest. (laughs) Sister Sill said everybody felt the way that I did. Well, to, to build on what she said, she was a guest that I do not believe was ever asked back, if I recall. But nonetheless, it's true. She was a guest, and they treated her with respect. It was just different. I had never seen somebody flutter like that. And it was like, and it was like she was saying, if you don't flutter, and she didn't say this, like, if you don't flutter, man, something's going to happen to you. Get out there and flutter. Prophets are just a little different. 
And so he says, bring me a, he said, uh, uh, bring me a bowl and put some salt in it. So they brought him a bowl and he put the salt in it. Then he went out to the spring and he threw that salt in it. He threw the salt in that worthless spring of water. This is what the Lord says. I have healed this waters. Never again will it cause death or make the land unproductive. And the water has remained pure to this day according to the word Elijah had spoken. Brothers and sisters, listen to me. You are the salt of this world. That salt that can heal the waters of this nation and any other nation in the world with the powerful gospel of Jesus Christ to make the land productive again through the gospel of Jesus Christ and the power and the anointing of his Holy Spirit. You are that salt that heals a bad water. Matthew chapter 5 says, you're the salt of the earth, actually. You're the light of the world. You're going to be walking right off that stage. I want you to remember this. You're a city set on a hill, and this city, this gospel city, this presence of God, this double anointing, you cannot hide it. You cannot hide it. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father in heaven. You're the salt, you're the addition, you're the additive, you are the preservative of this nation that can make the waters of this nation fresh again, vibrant again, productive again, hashtag revival. Huh? Hashtag what? Hashtag what? That's what he's talking about. This is what's going on. The gospel of Jesus prevents the decay of a nation. It prevents the decay of a people. It prevents the decay of a generation. And you are spirit-filled, empowered men and women of God that are going to take this. When you graduate, I'm telling you, I'm so stoked for you. It's going to be amazing. You're going to enter right into the age of rage, but you're not entering in alone, and you're not entering in powerless. You're entering in with the full power of Almighty God. You're going to be armed with everything that you need to be armed with in order to do the job. How many have been called of God? Huh? Oh, yes, you have. Yes, you have. That's what Elam produces here. Christ-centered, spirit-empowered leaders for... Hashtag, hashtag. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm ending just a little bit early because <clears throat> I want to pray with you. I think I, I have 10 minutes. I won't even take that. Um, stand to your feet, would you please? We have yet uh, to have communion. We're going to have that in just a moment. How many are serious about Jesus? How many are really happy that you met Jesus? 
Now, how many of you are ready to take Jesus to the age of rage? You're the salt. You're the salt thrown into that water to make it productive and to make the salt heal a water that was otherwise putrid. We live in a putrid time in our lives, but nothing that God hasn't met four times in the history of this nation, four great awakenings. We know what the last one was, the charismatic Jesus people. And I've declared when I first got her, and I believe it, I'll take it to the grave. We're in for a fifth. And you're the recipients. You're the recipients. I want you just to lay your hands on the person next to you, if you would, please, on their shoulder. If you pray in the spirit, I want you to do that right now. Would you please see Marakata Satai? Just praise him just for one minute. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, mighty God. Oh, God. So here we are, such as we are, these great young men and women. Some will remain here as they continue on. There's going to be a few that are going to move on. You're leading them elsewhere. And others are going to walk off that stage on Saturday. They've been here for a while, two and four years, maybe some five. But God, Saturday's the big day. I pray God for those two things. Father, the first thing that they will remember that they're alumni and want to invest back in this school to other young men and women so that they might have the privilege that they've had in order to move on and have the Holy Spirit moving these new young kids, young men and women coming in, so that they might have a chance as well. And number two, that they would see themselves when they walk off that stage, no longer as students, but as ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of Almighty God. Pastors, youth pastors, teachers, missionaries, maybe business people, others in other lines of work. Let them see themselves as evangelists. Witnessing Jesus this summer, beginning this summer, right now, God, as they walk off, that they're going to begin to share the gospel of Jesus with others. And Father, in so doing, many sons and daughters will be brought to glory as a result of that. We're trusting, we're believing, we're fools for Christ, and we're looking to you, Lord, for a fifth great awakening in this nation. We need it because the waters are bad and the environment is unproductive. But with you, God, all things are possible. With you, Father God, you can do all things through Christ Jesus. So, Lord, bless these young men and women. Let them feel your presence right now as you seal and solidify this in their hearts as we now make transition for communion. In Jesus' name, amen.